Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to New York City. Man, we're in New York a lot. We are in New York a lot. This is um, a movie that had a remake in the 70s, but we're doing the original from 1943. Well, not so fast on that one there. Okay. Because, yeah, I was watching this movie like, wait, what? How, how, did, how did this get remade into like Warren Beatty being a football player and coming well, back to Earth? Tell me about it. Yeah, well, there's a reason for that. So we'll get to that later. Okay, this movie is Heaven Can Wait, 1943. The particulars? Please. It was released August 11th, 1943. Directed and produced by Ernst Lubitsch. The Lubitsch Touch. Remember, Ninochka. <laughs> the Shop Around the Corner, Trouble in Paradise. To be or not to be. It's based on the play Birthday or Shoes Let's Snap, the 1934 play by Leslie Bush Fekte. The screenplay is by Samson Raphaelson. He also wrote the screenplay for The Jazz Singer, Trouble in Paradise, The Shop Around the Corner, and Alfred Hitchcock's Suspicion. Music is by Alfred Newman. Yes, uncle of hates short people, Randy Newman. Mm. Alfred Newman won nine Academy Awards and was nominated 43 times. Wow. The extended Newman family holds the record for the most Oscar nominations for a family at 92 nominations. Wow. He also did the music for Wuthering Heights, How Green Was My Valley, All About Eve, and Anastasia, just to name a few. That we have done. Exactly. That's why I wrote. I mean, this guy did a lot. He was nominated 43 times, so he did a lot of music. The director of photography is Edward Kroniager. He had seven nominations. Stop laughing at me. Including Life Begins at 8.30, not 38, which I thought. <laughs> the Gang's All Here and The Threat is edited by Dorothy Spencer, a.k.a. Dot. She also edited Stagecoach, My Darling Clementine, Foreign Correspondent, To Be or Not to Be, Lifeboat, Night People, Cleopatra, Von Ryan's Express, and Valley of the Dolls, to name a few. Was she nepotismed in, or was she a woman who actually got this job without any help? I'm going to say that she was a woman who actually got this job without any help, because I don't know. Okay. Well, here's to her. Cheers. Cheers, Dot. But I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I didn't... I didn't, uh... It didn't come up in the trivia. Yeah, it wasn't in the first paragraph of Wikipedia. This woman got all of her editing from nepotism. It was not highlighted. Right. It stars... Well, it did come up the last time that happened, so... Well, but I pieced it together because they had the same last name. Okay. And I was like, oh, interesting. Actually, I pieced it together when I read Nunnally's kid's name, 
And then when I looked at the editor and it was the same name, and I was like, ah, okay. So it's starring Jean Tierney as Martha. Her most famous movie is probably Laura. She was also in Leave Her to Heaven and The Razor's Edge. She was like big time. Jean Tierney in the 40s. She was. She was like up there. Big time star. Don Amici as Henry Van Cleve. He was in Trading Places, Alexander's Ragtime Band, Cocoon, and Coming to America. Charles Coburn as Hugo Van Cleve. He was in The More the Merrier and The Green Years and Nerd Alert because this this came up in Wikipedia right in my eyesight. I didn't go looking for it. Actually, I did go looking for it because he had a a sub thing of political activism. And I'm like, oh, all right, Coburn. What are why are you so why are you so politically active that it has its own page? And then it was like, because he was a member of white citizens councils. So he he was a white supremacist opposed to racial integration. Oh, no. So I was like, all right, Charles. But luckily for him, he died in like 1960. So he got to preserve his worldview. (laughs) I love that my existence is just a middle finger to the sky. There you go. We have... I thought he was the cowardly lion. Didn't his eyes look like the cowardly lion's eyes? <laughs> I I don't know. I didn't. Well, I I checked and he wasn't. Ah, good. Um, because I figure like that would have been in the first paragraph of Wikipedia. Yeah. We have Marjorie Maine. She was Mrs. Strable. She was probably best known as Ma Kettle in the Ma and Pa Kettle movies. She was also in Dead End, Meet Me in St. Louis, Friend and Friendly Persuasion. We have Laird Craigar. I think it's Laird Craigar. Yeah. He played His Excellency. He was also in The Lodger, which he went on a crash diet that included prescribed methamphetamines to lose weight, and he died in 1944 at age 31. Mm. He also was in I Wake Up Screaming. Because I I liked, I was like, who is this guy? He's got such a great presence. He was was good, yeah. Why why isn't he like a big, why don't I know who he is? Because he died. Because he took amphetamines, his heart died. Well, yeah, because he was always on the rather big side. And it wasn't well, he just was so tall. It wasn't just women who had to go on crash diets and stuff. So mm. he did. Um, and we have Eugene Pallet. He played E.F. Strable. Cause you hear his voice, and I'm like, this guy's been in movies we've done. Yep. He was in My Man Godfrey and Mr. Yes. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He was also in the uh The Adventures of Robin Hood and The Mark of Zorro. His voice. He's got that croaking you, voice. It makes your your throat hurt. Well, mine already does. So I apologize for any coughing. It's just how it is. She's self medicating. And we have Clarence Muse as Jasper. 
He was in The Heart of Dixie in 1929 that Wikipedia said was the first all-black movie. He, in 1943, was the first black American Broadway director with uh, Run Little Chillin'. He wrote When It's Sleepy Time Down South, which was a standard for Louis Armstrong. He was also in Broken Earth. He was in Car Wash. And he was in the infamous, the Gone with the Bushes infamous movie, Porgy and Bess. Which will never be seen. Which we will will never see. Those are the particulars. All right, well done. Well, I will begin to set the table. This is about an old playboy who arrives in hell to review his life with Satan. And Satan will determine his eligibility to enter the underworld. Now, it was never written hell. It was written Hades or the underworld. And Satan isn't referred to as the devil or Satan. He's referred to as his excellency. But you can tell he's Satan by his facial hair. His facial hair, his hairline. Okay, well, it starts with heavenly music. And you see these cross-stitched samplers that are the title cards. The What kind of cards? Yeah, the tell us the title cards. I couldn't. Be, I was like, hold on, 1943. This is in color. I know it was a Technicolor, and it was a really vivid color. Yeah. Okay. Um. So uh, we see that uh, there's a placard that comes up as Henry Cleves' soul passed over the Great Divide. He realized that it was extremely unlikely that his next stop would be heaven. And so philosophically, he presented himself where innumerable people had so often told him to go, which was to hell. Go to hell, Henry. And then we hear church bells, and we see a staircase, a grand staircase. And this was based on a stage play, right? Yes. yes. Because the beginning of this looked so much like a stage play. The stairs and the devil coming down the stairs. And couldn't you just see that on a stage? Yes. Um, His Excellency comes down and we see a young, old Donamichi. It's Donamichi who was younger, but they olded his makeup. And we've actually seen what he looked like older. So that was an interesting contrast. (coughs) I think they did a pretty good job. They didn't get all the lines of his they face. Did, right, or all the saggy skin. I was like, hey, that's Don Amici. I remember this guy. I thought he yeah. looked more like Don Amici then than when they went. It took me about five good minutes to realize that, that oh, this is Henry, and that's Don Amici. Me too. Because his profile looks nothing like him. And the first and he- time we see him is in profile. I'm like, that's not Don Amici. And when he's when he's young, he doesn't have a mustache. And I always remember Don Amici with the young. Okay, well, right now he's old. Yes, he's an old Don Amici, and His Excellency is saying he's not sure that uh, Henry uh, belongs in hell. Well, hell's looking through. He's like, I don't see you in my. Did you make an appointment? 
What is yeah. this? Yeah, you're not on my book. Um, and somebody else had, there was a, a trap door in the floor and somebody else before him just went, went on down. Yeah, and he had run, well, yeah, because then the lady comes down and Henry knows this lady. And so the devil is intrigued. He's like, oh, you know her? He's like, yeah, we've crossed paths. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the devil knows that she's supposed to be where she's going and drops her. It was those ankles. Yeah. Those ankles aren't getting into heaven. Oh. Well, um, Donna Michi's Henry is kind of like pleading his case, telling the devil, you know, I haven't been that great. Then the devil says, we'll list your crimes. This is my favorite quote. And he's like, crimes? He's like, crimes? I, I can't think of any, but I can safely say my whole life was one continuous misdemeanor. Yeah, I know. I love that. I wrote that down, too. That was cute. Um, and then he went into his past to re to tell his life to the devil so the devil could decide where he's going. Right. He said he was always... Women were always fighting over him. His mother and grandmother fought over him. Um, when he was a school-age kid, he had a, a girl fall in love with him. Then um, the mother hires a new French maid for $20 a month. And he uh, and the maid go out drinking one night. <laughs> and, and we learned that his grandfather is a millionaire and his grandfather made the money. His dad is the son of a man who made the money. So he's an, he's and this is by the grandfather's own estimations. He's like sheltered at an idiot. Yes. And he's the grandson. He's quite a, he's quite a, a stuff shirt. Yeah. So he never has to work a day in his life mm -hmm. and he knows it. And, um, then Cousin Albert shows up, and Cousin Albert is a sort of a dweebish character. He's a know-it-all. And rather um, nerdish, pocket protectorish, mm -hmm. shall we say. And um, there was a bit, there are lots of comedy things because it's Lubitsch. Lubitsch and so light Lubitsch touch. Yeah. And so there, there were a lot of um, comedy bits going on. Um, Henry and Mad was that Madison? Maybe. Oh, this. So. Yes. Um, oh no, that was Mademoiselle. So we were still back with Mademoiselle. Oh. Then on his twenty-sixth birthday, and actually the reason that this could have been called the birthdays is because. Every time we do a leap in time, it's his birthday. Yes. So we leap to his 26th birthday. And uh, his mother's crying. And, and another bit is, uh, where did it come? Where did he get it from? Yeah, the mother's like, always like, where did he get it from? His bad habits. He certainly didn't get them from his father. No, but the grandfather would always be talking about whatever the grandson had just done. So it was obvious it came from the grandson, the grandfather. Yes. Okay, well, there's going to be a party, a birthday party for him. And Albert comes in and he is bringing his new fiancé. 
-hmm. from Kansas. From Kansas. Wow. We spent a decade in Kansas one year. (laughs) Oh, that was such a Lubitsch touch of you. (laughs) Oh, man. So, um, well, we all know where that's going as soon as it happens. Obviously, uh, Henry is going to fall in love with Albert's girl. Wait, wait, people, hold on. Hang on to your brains. We have a flashback within a flashback. Whoa. What? Oh, I'm going to have to process this. Well, because this whole thing is a flashback because he's with the devil. Yeah, and then true. from the flashback, we go into another flashback of when he meets Martha. We do that a lot. We go into a lot of flashbacks. So I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, you should be in hell. Storytelling hell. And so they meet, and Henry actually convinces Martha, this good Kansas girl, to just leave with him that night and elope that night. They just met. This is Jean Tierney. She's she's supposed to be right up there with, She's supposed to be up there with Ava Gardner, from where I've read. Yeah, the gorgeous of the gorge. Yeah. Uh, uh, I felt like the um, the cinematographer did her a lot of favors. Well, I wondered. I was doing a little bit of research. Because there's a lot of... Well, they, we call them tasty nuggets. They're not very tasty nuggets for Gene Tierney, but that, that will go in the tasty nuggets section. Uh-huh. Um, but I wonder, because I had heard that, where was it? Was it in that show with, um, I remember Susan Sarandon and remember yeah, Betty, Betty, Betty and, and Joan. Joan. Yeah, where they were talking about how there would be like a surgery where they would remove some of their teeth in the back oh. to create the cheekbones. Because she, ke- I kept looking at her mouth and I was like, why is your mouth weird? Oh. And then I was, because re- I wanted to know that, I was like, did, did she get surgery and have that surgery done? But she was always super self-conscious of her teeth. She thought that her teeth were her flaw. Because this is how, okay, nerd alert. This is how good-looking Jean Tierney was. Also, a nerd alert within a nerd alert. Because we did a flashback within a flashback. So I can do a nerd Mind alert within blown. a nerd alert. Jean Tierney was named after an uncle who died young. So, like, her name is Jean. Like a man Jean. Yeah. Um... So she, she was raised society, like what's in the movie. She was rich. She went to school in Switzerland rich. Oh, wow. Like, you know, she came from money. And she had a debut, like a social debut and oh, stuff. Oh, she was a debutante. Yeah, and she didn't like it. She didn't like the society life. So she went and studied acting, and her dad would say, well, if you don't want the society life, and you're going to do acting, then you need to do the respectable acting, which is theater. So she studied and did theater. And then when she went to Hollywood, she was visiting like a cousin or something. And she was 17. And somebody stopped her at the studio and was just like, oh, my God. 
who are you? You need to be an actress. And then <laughs> she would be out at night. She was out and about. And she, um, I think like Daryl Zanuck or somebody, a big high up muckety muck person was there to watch the actress on stage. And then he saw Jean Tierney on the dance floor. And he was like, forget the actress there. Sign her. Like that's how beautiful she was that she everywhere she went everybody was like what the hell you need to be in the movie she was just drop dead gorgeous I didn't find her that particularly gorgeous I, I didn't that's why I, I didn't either that's why I got sidetracked cuz I was like huh I mean and I wondered that's why I wondered if like she had something with her mouth but anyway getting back to the teeth she was always very self-conscious about her teeth. She thought that they protruded. And so she would talk out of the side of her mouth and she oh. would mess around with lipstick and stuff to try to hide her teeth. And then at one point she was even with, she would go to the doctor to try to have a fix. And the doctor was like, I'm not touching your teeth because <laughs> like, it's a beautiful flaw. Like, you know, you're crazy and I'm not doing anything. So then, wow. Yeah, but she, we'll get into it later. She had a lot of, like, she had a tough life. Oh, okay. She, she may have, everyone may have thought that she was beautiful, but she was also held, like, that was her ace, but then the rest of her cards were, yeah. She Ooh. wasn't, she didn't, it wasn't like she was handed a royal flush. Ooh, I can't wait for tasty nuggets. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so really, to me, in this part of the movie, Henry was being a stalker. He, he wasn't was. going to take no for an answer. But I have to say, I'm a big fan of young, no-mustache Don Amici. He was charming. I was like, this guy. I had a real hard time doing recasting. Cause like, I don't know anybody who is just... I just loved looking at him. I was, he was yeah, he had like puppy dog eyes. Yeah. And just like a, just a nice pleasant face. Very pleasant. Like, like Damn, you couldn't Don Amici? Yeah. Who knew? Not me. Okay. Well, wow, I skipped ahead a lot. Well, this can because I it, Go ahead. So this is not the movie that I thought it was. Because I keep waiting for Because I know very little about Heaven Can Wait. The, you were waiting for it to parallel the Warren Beatty one. And I don't even know. All I know about that is that he comes back to Earth. And it's like he's coming back. He goes back to Earth because he was dead before his time. And he has to go back to Earth. Like one of those kind of things. And he's a football player. And I remember hearing something about... The other, the old one in the podcast. Oh, what's that? You must remember, you must this. remember this. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, it's a boxer. So I'm like, okay, he died and he's going to go and he's a boxer and he's going to go back to earth and he has to, and I keep waiting for him to go back to earth. And then I keep, I just yeah. keep waiting for something to happen. And then after a while, I'm like, so I guess this is just the movie. So that's how I watched it, where I was like, I, I'm watching this movie, and I keep waiting for something to happen. And then at a certain point, I'm just like, I guess this is just the movie. Huh. 
Hmm. Yeah, it, there's no parallels with the, the Warren Beatty one. Is Nerd there, alert! Is, okay, that's what I wondered. It's because they have nothing to do with each other. The 1978 Heaven Can Wait remake is a remake of the 1941 Here Comes Mr. Jordan based on the oh. play Heaven Can Wait. Oh, Whereas okay. this was just Heaven Can Wait based on a play Birthdays. Oh, well, that <laughs> that is this. That is, what is that called? Hilarious. That's what <laughs> that's called. We're like, or, we're going to watch the first Heaven Can Wait. And it's like, no, it's just called Heaven Can Wait because it's based on a play Birthdays. The 1978 Heaven Can Wait is based on a remake, Here Comes Mr. Jordan, that was based on the play Heaven Can Wait. Then I'm going to say the 1970-whatever one mm -hmm. is untruth in advertising. Because no. if you have the same name, then you're expecting a remake of the same movie. But Ma, the, uh, the, the thing that they're all, the play, the original play is called Heaven Can Wait. That those movies are based on. We are watching The Fraud. This movie shouldn't be called Heaven Can Wait. It should have been called Birthdays. Right. But it was the first one. Okay, I'm not going to argue the point. I'm just saying I skipped a whole lot of what happened. And it was good. And the um, the color is really vivid on it. And um, you could totally see how it was a stage play for me. And lots of funny things happen. And Donna Michi is just engaging. And it's fun to watch. Um, oh, okay, so... Um, then we have another birthday. It's 10 years after that they're, that they've been married and, uh, she leaves Henry a note and it says, please don't try to follow me as I'm, um, uh, as soon as I'm settled, I'll send for Jackie, their son they had. Don't let him know, um, with your integrity, it should be easy to make up a story. So she leaves him because he had been philandering. Yes. And he said he was deeply in love with her, but yeah, he did. He, I mean, he's telling Satan, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a, a wandering eye. He liked the ladies. And um, her parents, when she eloped with Donna Michi, her parents disowned her. So then we're in Kansas at the breakfast table and she comes there because she really doesn't, well, she, she's, <coughs> excuse me, stopping through because she didn't have to go to them. She just wanted to see him. And they did let her in. And um, we have uh, two people of color, mm -hmm. a maid and a butler. And then it is, it's been an hour. I know, and I'm, and then I'm like, we have another almost hour. What's, what is going on here? Where's the whole boxing angle? What is this? There's time for a boxer to come in here. So, um, it. I thought it was. I thought it was cute and light, and it was an hour fifty-one minutes as opposed to the last three that were over three hours. 
So that was kind of fun. Yeah, but this one felt longer than the longest day. That's funny. <laughs> to me, at uh, least. Okay, so your um, POC account was the same as mine. Was it four? I had two. Who well, no, we two? had we had um, the maid, Daisy. We had mm-hmm. Jasper. Jasper. Oh, and then I counted the Sheik because... Well, that's true. I didn't know... I put it down because it's a bra- it was like a Follies kind of thing, and it was like he was a sheik of uh, Arabia, and I was just like, ah, this I don't this is like one of those problematic kind of things. Yeah, did he have on brown face? And or I didn't was he know really was he yeah. a sheik or was he, is this not? And so I just put him down with a question mark. And then there's uh there's another maid. Oh, when he goes to Mrs. Nash. Who it was one of the women in the Follies. She comes down the oh, stairs yes, you're right. and she had her own maid and stuff. Yeah. I was a little taken aback by that. Like, like she was this and she comes out in this like kimono like thing. Was she an artist? Well, yeah, because she was wearing the kimono. <laughs> I mean, duh. I'm taking it to the beach. Wait, you you have to. Did you see Fleabag, Ma? Huh? Did you watch Fleabag? No. The show? No. <laughs> Olivia Coleman's in it. And she I think she even has a line about a kimono and I died. Oh my god. Okay. Well that's hysterical. Yeah. Everyone if you want to tell the world that you're an artist, put on a kimono. Wear a kimono. Yeah. Nobody should have to say, are you an artist? It's obvious. Yeah, look, I'm wearing a kimono. Didn't she see the kimono? Hello. (laughs) Okay, do you have any more nerd alerts or are they all tasty nuggets? Um, I did have a nerd alert. Oh. Ah. Henry in 18, on October 26th, 1898, says he and Martha rode the elevator at the Flatiron Building. Oh, but there wasn't an elevator yet. The Flatiron Building didn't open until 1902. Oh, oh okay. So that... they, Didn't they talk about the meat packers too? So they talked about a lot of things that went over my head. Okay. There was a whole well, thing about Mabel because it was Kansas and they were known for their cows or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, cat. Yeah, for the for the steaks and such. I thought that was Nebraska. Well, I guess same thing. Yeah, there's really not a there. There are man-made lines drawn on there, but they're all the same thing. Yeah, they they moved the Native American first Americans away, and just took it all. Well, they didn't have a flag. Yeah, they had teepees, but that wasn't the same as a flag. flag. As Eddie Izzard taught us all, do you have a flag? No? Then then this is not your land. It's not, yeah. See, I plant the flag. It is not my land. I have a flag. It is not my land. Yeah, try to argue with that. Very important. Okay, so we are at reheatables. Yes. Okay, so so this is just a fun movie, and it's not like uh, 
so anyway, I, I don't have a lot. For my negative, I said uh, Henry stalking her at the beginning. I mean, he wasn't going to take no for an answer. So, and he kissed her without her permission. And um, yeah, and yet she fell for him. So, yeah. But it was, it was a bit stalkerish. Mm hmm. And my other negative reheatable is when Martha is an older woman. What is up with that hairstyle? Ooh, there that are was... some questionable parts in this <laughs> film. As far as parts in the hair? Yes. <laughs> Donna Michi's part, I have that written down as a bad reheatable. It wasn't a center part and it wasn't a side part. Oh, it was a it was part caught one. in no man's land. Yeah. I couldn't stop staring at it. Are these, yeah. What's up with your part, my guy? Because he still had a good head of hair. So Fantastic head of hair. Mm. I would have liked to have seen that over a bit. Let's commit <laughs> to the side. What is that? I don't know. Is that yeah, some, like, It wasn't as bad as Martha's old lady hair, though. Martha's old lady hair. I mean, should we put it? up in the wig pantheon with what's your face from mm -hmm. what's it, what's that movie called barbara stanwick barbara stanwick's wig the, right yeah. up there with the martha wig the, the yeah. center part you know that hair person though was patting themselves on the back because they were like <laughs> we're gonna thin the front because her hair is thinning and we're gonna make it really gray and so she's going to decide because her hair's thinning that she's just going to commit to it and part it right down the, the thinning hairline part. And then she's going to do these weird curls on the side. The, the sides were just what was hideous. It, it was very much. It, it reminded me of like thinning Beethoven. Yes. I was like, yes. are you going to write a concerto? Yeah. It wasn't like the like the George Washington wig because his curl was down at his ears. These curls were up on the top of her head. And nobody but, thought to look at anybody's any like any woman's arms. You just have Jean Tierney with just complete like she's an old lady, but she's yeah. got like pencil thin arms. Yeah. <laughs> no, no wrinkles. Waffle waffles on her. Nothing. I'm like, yeah. no. Bitch, gravity works on everyone. There would be some sagging. Yes. You know, I'm sagging sagging happens. It just like that's just that's called gravity. That's called father time is undefeated. Yeah. It's called the pain in your butt. Literally. Yeah. Cuz that sags too. But you know, this was, you know, 1943. The okay. makeup hadn't they hadn't thought of it that far they hadn't been they hadn't like, gone past the face yeah those are not the elbows of a 30 year old That's let true. alone a 60 something year old yeah you would notice the elbow yeah i'm like bitch please okay what other negative reheatables okay beetles that's how you get a girl in the I, eight, late 1800s? That didn't make sense to me. That uh, made no sense to me. I liked the little girl. I liked her delivery. Yeah, she was spunky. She was great. She was spunky. I liked how she was like an adult with her doll in the thing. And he's and he's in his little short pants. And he's just like, hey, 
you want a beetle and she loves beetles and it's it's a i'm to take it to be an actual beetle from the ground that Probably is put hercules into the box mm -hmm. and he presents it to her and not it's only does she nice love box. it huh it was a nice like jewelry box yeah with a hinge and everything she loves it yep and he has another then you find out he has another beetle and she wants that beetle too and i'm like yeah, this guy is just walking around with first of all, he's walking around with beetles second of all beetles i don't get it it's a bug and, and third of all he's walking around with two he's given her one so you know he was planning on giving another girl the other one yeah but he got he was so and she even had a line of she was like do you think that i'm the kind of girl that would take your backup beetle and she does take it and i'm like yes yeah, she does you know what she's Actually, gonna go far in life she is she is my positive reheatable because she was she was looking out for uh -huh. herself back then and she was like yes you may walk me yeah <laughs> she was in charge yeah i was like okay damn. all right too bad you don't have the right to vote yet but yeah good luck with your life you're gonna yeah. you're gonna you just hit the ceiling you don't even yeah. you're like out what was that that's the ceiling <laughs> yeah i don't know what this means well this is as far as you're going with that attitude girly yep you are too smart Mm, yep too determined okay my next bad reheatable um the strables interior decorator <laughs> the curtains up at the top what the fuck <laughs> it was kansas oh my god oh do you remember kansas remember it kansas but i don't like i just looked at it and i was like who heart half such fuckery yeah it was, wow what the and hell I, I feel like the point was in new york it was um and it wasn't they didn't have old money but they had a generation away money so it was a little older i feel like the strables was like new money because it was it was gaudy. I just interior. kept thinking ostentatious, and I'm like, I don't even know what ostentatious means. But I'm just there were what were those? They looked like they were drapes, but they were like intertwined amongst everything. They were draped drapes. They were draped at different drapes. angles. Yeah. Yes, there was so it, many were colors not, going on. They were not symmetrical which just drove me crazy so many textures and i am not and i'm not somebody who's big into interior decorating not at all <laughs> the the nancy myers movies with her kitchens all goes over my head i have no like i don't seek out any of that stuff but this what was the movie where where i was making fun of it because the guy was like oh it was the three faces of eve when he was saying, I've never seen multiple personalities before, but I could definitely tell when someone is faking it. I'm like, yeah. I don't know interior decorating, but I, <laughs> I know, know horrendousness when I see it. <laughs> the carpeting that they, did you even look to see the carpeting in the reading room? I No, it, no. I couldn't, I, I just said, it was, is this a joke? Yeah, wow. I think it was to show that they went out and just bought everything. They and bought put it in everything there. and put it everywhere. 
and they're yeah. just like and this in color so we can i'm just like oh my gosh poor daisy having to dust all that yeah oy yeah. Vey. all right also bad reheatable she takes him back yeah he he comes to kansas and and she even see it had something to do with the bracelet so he bought another woman a bracelet right i guess because she had the receipt and she's like and he's like oh yeah and he's like cartier doesn't lie when is cartier ever messed up and she he's able to she's like oh okay and then she like leaves her parents again yeah and so i'm just like because in person he's irresistible yeah. Those puppy dog eyes. That's true. And then my other like battery heatable is that this whole movie is just like he he's like, yeah, I should go to hell. But you know, you're like for what? Cause people cause people all my life have told me that I went to hell. He didn't do it like he yeah, he did stepped out on his wife because he liked ladies and stuff which i don't know it just seemed like i watched this movie and i, I was just okay it's it's just a whole bunch of rich people problems yeah it was all rich and then at problems. the end it says hey buy your war bonds at this theater <laughs> and you're like oh yeah there's a world war going on You've just watched a whole movie with rich people problems that you spent money for. Now spend even more money to support this war after you've been entertained by these rich people problems. I was just like, man, like there's a war going on. We haven't even gotten to D-Day yet. People are watching it. Like, and I would throw a tomato and be like, so what? Do you even? You, oh, we don't know what they're doing to the Jews yet. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Wait until well, guys. We probably do know, but we're pretending. Pretending like not to don't. know. Wait yeah. until we find out. Yeah, that was just. I was just like, man, it's one of those movies where sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, they made a movie out of this, huh? I, I don't know. But it's sort of like last week when you talked about D-Day and how it didn't show the blood and the gore and the, the men breaking down and everything because it was just too much. So it was sort of like just total escapism. Yeah. just You're just going to watch Donna Michi be very pleasant. You're going to see yeah. Gene Tierney be all pretty. And you're just going to... And look for Lubitsch's, you know, Lubitsch's jokes. Lubitsch's light touch. Which, yeah, he yeah. had his he had his light jokes and stuff. But you know what's weird is that you never see him step out on his wife. Spoiler alert. You never even see her die. She just dies off yeah. screen. Yeah. Um, you, you don't see a lot of the best parts. Like, the, the scene where the, the, the nanny or the French maid takes him out drinking. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great scene. We don't but see you only that. know that she was part of it because she was hiccuping as much as he was hiccuping because she did like her champagne. Yeah, and you knew she was she was in it from the beginning. Also, there okay, another bad reheatable is when <clears throat> Don Amici, this is after his No, he's still married. She took him back. He's still going to the Follies. 
because mm-hmm. he likes the actresses. He sees the a woman. He goes to her. That was when you know I was talking about like the maid, and I was making fun of the woman because she just came down the stairs and that she has she's acting like she's fucking Meryl Streep and shit, like she's an actress, and it's like you literally you just walk down the the steps with like twenty other women. I, okay, and but she kept the headdress on, unlike Lucy. Yeah, and he's he's there because you know he he's a playboy he's a play is gonna play and he's trying to seduce her and offer to buy her a really fancy bracelet because that's his mo and the woman goes over to this this table and says yes but i don't think that he would like it and he looks at the and he's like oh that's your man and she's like yeah that's that's my guy and it turns out that that's his son, and he doesn't recognize his son in his own picture. Yeah. And at least she calls him out on it. She's like, Yeah. You don't recognize that that's, you want to take another look at that? That's your son. And I just thought that was kind of funny because it wasn't like he wasn't a part of Jackie's life. He wasn't an absentee father, and like, then he's like, Oh, I didn't recognize right, my son. Right. He was living in the same house with his son, he saw him every day. And he didn't well, recognize. He didn't. Maybe he did it. Maybe he had that Donamichi profile, and he's like, "I'm sorry, it was it was taken three quarters." He he has a weird face. He photographs weird, just like his father. <laughs> okay, um, one one positive I did like, other than the little girl's, you know, self esteemness, mm-hmm. was when Martha went home, and the parents were gonna not going to accept her and then she goes upstairs and the dad picks up the suitcases and carries them up he doesn't call for jasper to do that that's that's his way of showing that that yeah he's accepted her back and then she goes back with the dude but oh that's how i felt okay yeah the another like bad reheatable would just be like i was like good for jasper you know, because I said the actor's name because he got to play the part, Clarence Muse. But then, my bad. But then he was, um, you know, it's a problematic role. It was, but he was, his part was dignified as opposed to a step and fetch character. Yes. And he was manipulating them. Yeah. So, so, yeah, he, he showed intelligence and he was well-spoken, you know, for those people. Mm-hmm. So um, that was okay. But, yes, they were still Because being... the, the entire world that we saw, we didn't see any black people. And the only time we did see black people, they were in the classic subservient roles. Right. To the rich white white people. Right. Okay, do you have any other negatives? Yeah, I didn't even go through my negatives. Oh, my God. Oh, no. No, I have my goods. I'm done with my negatives. My turn for the goods? Yes, ma'am. Their anniversary was October 25th. I know. I did see that. That's y'all's anniversary. Tis indeed. All right. And here's my other good one. It may be a touch controversial, but I noticed it. Very small sample size, but I would like to point out that everyone that we saw coming and being in hell was white. 
That's true. So, hey, just saying. Just saying. The devil, white man. Yeah. uh, Everybody else. I was like, wow, I guess hell from this movie. If this movie teaches me anything, it's that mm, hell is full of white people. And remember, the devil said their music is really bad. Yes. So how many black people could be there, exactly. really? Exactly. Yeah, so that's interesting. I'm like, huh, look what y'all did. Oh. You inadvertently, by being racist and not putting black people in your film, you just kind of proved. Look what you just said. Ha this, is, this is not boding well for me in my future. I guess. I mean, you've got to live with that. I guess you've just lived the crime of misdemeanors, and that goes. It ends up going well for him. Okie dokie. Any other goods? No, those were my two. Well, my MVP I had to cross out. Oh no! I loved Grandpa. Oh. I did. He was funny. Yeah, he, he was, was sarcastic. So I had to cross him out and write down the vibrant color. Did you have to mm-hmm. cross him out when you found out that he was in a white supremacist group? Yes. Oh. Yes, that's when I crossed him out. Well, I mean, you enjoyed his performance. So it's that thing of the art separating the artist from the art, I guess. Well, I'm not doing that because it's my MVP. So since it's me, I'm allowed to cross him out because of his political views. Fair enough. Fair enough. Is that is that one ring out of hell? <laughs> Go yes. On. One rung on the ladder. Well, if we're going on our our working, very problematic. Gone with the Bush's theory of that hell is only full of white people. <laughs> You're a then, little too tickled about that. Then I think you've done a pretty good job of avoiding hell so far. I'm just saying. You'll be like, Your Excellency, <clears throat> exhibits. I have brought some exhibits and pie charts. <clears throat> You may want to settle in, Your Excellency. It's a whole presentation. Um, and and now we will begin. And you and you you queue up. It's a slideshow presentation and it starts with um, the circle of life. You're going down a rabbit hole, girl. Pull yourself out. Oh, I can. Oh, my MVP is young Don Amici. Yeah, he is charming. I'm just like, man. He was charming through the whole thing. Even when he was an old man. Yeah. With that really being creepy with the young girl, he was still pretty charming. He was. I was like, I am just not mad at you. I can't be. And then you're in trading places and coming to America? Man. You know, his picture in his Wikipedia page not a good picture. Oh, I'll have to look it up. He he has the mustache, but his face is is bigger. He should have gone mm. with the the young, clean cut Don Amici. Weird part I already mentioned, but yeah, 
Yeah. Well, that was where men parted their hair then. It was weird. It went with the top hat. Yeah. Worn at an angle away from that part. True. Okay, well, I have two casts. Oh, I only have one. Okay, well, I'll go with, I'm going to go with my white cast. Okay. So I did Henry, Martha, Albert, and Grandpa, and Jack. I didn't do the devil. Oh, I didn't do the devil either. Okay. Who is Jack? Jack is their son. Oh, okay. So, um, <coughs> for my Henry, uh, this guy is too old to be the young one, but, but Henry ages throughout this. So, you know, he can be young and then middle-aged and then old. It had to be somebody who's really charming, who can say a lot with his facial features uh, George Clooney. Ah, okay. Yes, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And then Martha, uh, Martha looked to be a bit younger than Henry. And she had to be able to be like a, like a debutante and then, and, and then age. So it had to be someone who could age through the role. Mm-hmm. So I went with Jennifer Lou- Lawrence because mm. she can do anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, Albert had to be a dorky dude. Yes. Somebody that you rooted against. And this person does that pretty well, Matt Damon. Yes, I see that. Okay, Grandpa, who I adored because he had the best lines in the whole movie all the time. He did. And he was just, he was always full of, mischief Mm -hmm. i had christopher waltz oh he would be a good grandpa Mm -hmm. and then the son you had to go with somebody who was good looking because it he came from george and jennifer i had i didn't do well with this one i i just said ryan reynolds but ryan reynolds could play the devil really well yeah that's true so I'm not happy with my Jack. I'm going to leave that part open. Okay. You want to do yours and I'll do my my cast of color? Uh-huh. All right. So my Henry, I said Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, okay. Because he's like, he's rich, aristocratic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Benedict Cumberbatch is that good looking, but there is a quality about him. I agree. Where you're like, huh, you have a, like a weird face, but yet I'm not mad there's, at you. There's something very endearing about him. Huh. That's why there are so many Cumber bitches. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then for my Martha, it had to be someone, I was like, who is someone that everyone thinks is really attractive? But I'm always like, huh. <laughs> okay. And also, like, the, the Martha part is really, um, it's a thankless role. It is. It so is I'm a thankless like, role. All right. Who am I like? Everybody's like, yeah. And I'm like, huh. So I was like, ah, yes. Jessica Beale. Agreed. Yeah. Like, yes. 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 
I'm like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I certainly do not think she's ugly by any means. But I'm also, I don't think that she stops traffic for me. She's, she's a whole picture because, um, yeah, but there's something about her that is very, that can be very endearing. Yes. But I would believe like Henry, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Because he's not going to go for just somebody ugly. My Mrs. Because I did Mr. and Mrs. Strable and Albert. Those were my cats. So Mrs. Strable, I was just like, well, that actress Cherry Jones, because she looks like the woman. That was the first recasting that I even did. I was like, wow, there you go. She's in it. And then I needed a Mr. Strable. And I was like, hmm, what scene would this be? John Goodman? Yes. Boom. And then yes. Albert, oddly enough, was like the second person that I cast, which is going to, this is going to be a really weird casting by some people, but I'll walk you through it. Okay. Albert had a, in this movie, had a very pointy nose and he, it was very, like he had very sharp features. He was very rimrod straight. He had the glasses that pinched his nose. He was very, he had a bad sense of humor. And I was like, this guy, you wouldn't think to cast him as the part. But I think that he would do a fantastic job at it. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, he could totally do that. I was like, he would be a great Albert. Yeah. So that was my cast. I started to cast Bradley Cooper. Because if anybody remembers from the alias days, Bradley Cooper was a dork. Oh. Okay, well, my my cast of color. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, Henry needed to be really good looking and have a, um, have a charming presence. And so I went with Jesse Williams. Oh, yes. Now, my Martha, I stuck with the Martha is gorgeous enough for him to actually commit to marriage, whereas with everybody else, he just had flings. Mm-hmm. So I went with Tessa Thompson. Well, yeah, she falls in the into my category. Of, huh? Oh, I think she's really, I don't know. There's something. There, yeah, I mean, there is, not, but I'm, I... Yeah, she's not strike you dead gorgeous just by looking at her, but as soon as she gets involved, she she's really attractive. Yeah, right. Huh. Unless she's in the... Oh, I, I do not like her character in the Creed movies. Oh, I haven't seen the Creed movies, so... I'm just okay. Cool. Okay, well, my Albert has to be something you're somebody you're kind of rooting against. Mm-hmm. So I went with Jesse Smollett. Ooh, man. Yeah. Ouch. And my grandpa is Danny Glover. Yeah, he'd be good. And then my Jack, their son, I I, I don't even need to do that because I didn't really do good with that, so never mind. Ah, okay. Okay. Nice. We are to Tasty Nuggets. Okay. Do you have any? 
I have that Don Amici said this was his favorite role ever. Mm. And Jean Tierney found out she was pregnant during this, the filming of this. Ooh. Uh-oh. Okay, there's going to be some problematic stuff to come. I think just some tough stuff. Some. <gasps> okay, I'm going to finish then before you do it. Okay. Um, Lubitsch and Tierney had a really bad relationship <sighs> at the beginning. Yeah, he kept yelling at her. She, she said that he was a tyrant. And she's and he said, I get paid to yell at you. And she said, Yeah, I get paid for you to yell at me, but I don't get paid enough. And then they laughed and then they kind of made up and mm -hmm. they were good the, after that. And she was in two more of his movies, I think. Yeah. So I was like, that's that's good timing, kid. Okay. And I had that the guy who played Jack, the grown-up son, was six years younger than Don Amici. <laughs> and six years older than Gene Tierney. So the wow. guy playing the son is six years older than the mother and six years younger than the father. Yeah, I didn't do the math, but when it did make me laugh when he was 26, and I was like, he's 26? Yeah. We went to Don Amici, but I don't know. Times were tougher then. Maybe he was. Yeah. He just seemed, I was well, like, man, what, is that a, get tougher, but. Is that a murder of crows around his eyes? <laughs> I guess they don't have sunglasses. Oh, squinting at the sun. <laughs> wow. Whew, she's rough people. <laughs> okay, so your tasty nuggets. Let me take a sip. I think I'm going to need one. All right. Well, I'll go with... Um, so this, this was nominated for Best Color Cinematography. It was nominated for Best Director. And it was nominated for Best Picture. Which I was like, wow, really? Do you know what won Best Picture that year? I think this did. No. Casablanca. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I'm going with Casablanca myself. Exactly. All right, we already did the thing about Heaven Can Wait. We already did the thing about the Lubitsch and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So Martin Scorsese set in Gene Tierney had this other movie, Leave Her to Heaven, and Scorsese says that that was one of his favorite films of all time mm -hmm. and that she is the most underrated actors of the golden era. Wow. Because you don't really hear that much about her. No, I knew the name, but that was all. I didn't. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So, and I remember hearing, I went, like, when I read this, I was like, oh, yeah. Because I remember hearing, you can hear more about this, and you must remember this. When there, it's the episode I think about the Hollywood canteen. So remember, there's the war going on, and in Hollywood they had this place called the Hollywood Canteen, and famous stars, mostly actresses for obvious reasons, would volunteer at this club, and service members would go to the club, and you could dance and mingle, but you weren't allowed to date, but you could dance and mingle with these stars. So you had like Betty Davis, all these wow. stars. Everybody would love that. Yeah, and it was a, it was a big thing, and people volunteered to go there. These stars, because these were the servicemen. These were the the guys, the boys, really, who were yeah. fighting. And so you know they would go and get to go to this club and dance with these ladies and stuff. So, right, 
as you said, Ma, she found out that she was pregnant, and one of her fans was was a huge fan of Gene Tierney, huge fan, and they had rubella. And when you have rubella, oh no, you have to. You're supposed to like be quarantined, and it's really bad. To get For exp- newly pregnant women. Exactly. So this person broke the curve for you to go see Jean Tierney. Yeah. And and she lost the baby? No. It she was had born her baby. It was Daria. She was born she had, was deaf and mentally yep. disabled. Oh. And because Rubella is also aka German measles. Yes. And so, um, you know, Howard Hughes, he always had a type and he tried to hit on Jean Tierney, but Jean Tierney, like I said before, she came from money. So she wasn't impressed by Howard Hughes's wealth. Because I also failed to mention that at one point, Jean Tierney's father set up a whole company to just basically, um, uh, what is it called? Like, to show off his daughter. Like, to wow. promote his daughter. That's called uh, Kardashian? Yeah, they had, like, a lot of money and stuff. Um, so, Gene Tierney was like, get, Howard, get away from me. But they remained super close friends. And Howard Hughes made sure and paid for all of Daria's expenses. And made sure that she had the best care. Because... She was institutionalized most of her, like pretty much yeah. all of her life. Yeah, because that at that stage of pregnancy, that would just be de- yeah, debilitating. Yeah. And so Jean Tierney, I don't, she had her own, she wrote her own autobiography in 1978. She had um, mental health issues. She would have bouts of manic depression. And so one of the reasons why she isn't super well known is because, um, she would get at one point she was institutionalized and went through shock therapy oh, treatment wow. and she like and she escaped and then she oh. later be, was, said that she was against it um because it, it just messed her up it took all of her memories and stuff yeah and at one point she went out on her mother at her mother's apartment like i don't know some it was high up on a ledge and stuff for about 20 minutes and so then you know she would kind of go away and you know seek help and seek treatment and then they would she would try to make a comeback and she was on a movie with Humphrey Bogart and she wasn't doing well but Humphrey Bogart had a sister with mental problems and so he was very supportive because he knew what she was going through and so he would help her out and feed her 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 lines and stuff and and you know be like hey you know you need to to get help and you know try this and that and that kind of stuff um so she would always kind of try to come back but the like the stress and stuff would trigger her and i'm sure there's way more to the story yeah um but i was just like man that was just that was, that's a bummer. Yeah. So yeah, that's very difficult. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was very difficult for her with the kid and that she mm-hmm. had. I remember hearing that in the podcast being like, oh, damn, I 
can't believe that woman did, or I don't know if it was a woman or a guy or whatever, but it's like, I just had to meet you. Yeah. And it's like, you had to, like, great. You think people wouldn't do that today? Oh, they totally would. Oh, my God. Because it's about me, not you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any any other tasty nuggets? Uh, no, that's about, that's about it. It was light and entertaining. I, you don't have to see it. I don't think it's a it's a must-see movie. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we're not going to lie to you here. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see Laura and that other one. We're going to do Laura sometime because I remember seeing Laura in my teens, I'm going to say, and I was fascinated <laughs> by it. Actually, first I was fascinated by the song, and then I found out that the song went with the movie. Mm. So we're definitely going to do that. Okay, sounds good. That'll be my pick one day. Sounds good. Speaking of picks. Well, this is the this is the summer finale. Oh, okay. So listeners in three weeks are just going to have to listen in to see what it is, eh? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't picked a movie yet. All right. I knew she wouldn't. Yeah. All right, then. Well, the, this is uh, our summer hiatus. Splash. That was me going in the ocean pool to get to get cooled off. Oh. And oh, ouch, that's my sunburn. I told you to put 50 on. That's my drink. Banna Boy will hopefully bring it to me. Mm-hmm. And we will be back in sometime in July. Yeah, sometime in July. Just You'll just have to wait with bated breath. I'll put on social media when we are coming back. For those of you who pay attention, everyone else, listen for word of mouth. Because, boy, do we have a lot of listeners. So many. I'm sure oh. that you'll hear about it. I mean, yeah, really. It, it's Mind like it, you know. I mean, if if you don't want spoilers, then don't go on the internet because it will get spoiled everywhere you look. It, they'll just be talking about it. I'm just saying, thank goodness I can't get pregnant anymore because I know we have rabid fans out there who, even if they had rubella, German measles would come and meet me. Wow. That's a lot to take in on so many levels. Well, we're going to leave you with that thought. (coughs) And hopefully Aaron's cough will be better. Hopefully. A week in Cleveland will take care of that. (laughs) A week in Cleveland is sort of like a decade one year in Kansas. I I think a week in Cleveland is equal if if a... I think it's like equal to six months. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So like I need another haircut. <laughs> I was only there a week. Okay. Well, listeners, the, 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 that's all. Well, there you go. That's what I'm supposed to say. I forgot. You always and it's your catchphrase. It's my catchphrase. It's bad. Well, there you go, listeners. Bye.